energy so stalling, yeah. Everybody's running scared. We used to be so carefree, we used to be so happy, used to have everything we need. Welcome to Village Mentality, where melanated people are connected in spirit, love, and community. What's up, kings and queens, beautiful people everywhere? It's your girl, C.K. McGee, and I am your host. beautiful people. How's everyone doing? It's that time again. Welcome back to season six of Village Mentality. As always, I pray that you're all doing as well as you can be. I'm so glad to have you all here with me in the village, and you're welcome to join me each and every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'd also like to give a warm welcome to those of you who may be tuning in for the very first time. And if you're looking to see what Village Mentality is all about, you're welcome to catch up on all previous episodes of Village Mentality on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, and The Awakened Lounge. I also provide links to each episode on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll share those with you at the end of the show. But thanks again to you all for joining. Now, it's been a minute since we've all been together, and there's been a lot going on in my world, and I will share some of those things with you as we continue on in the season. But let me tell you just a little bit about myself. As a mental health and wellness advocate with lived experience with mental health conditions, each week I'll be talking about different topics that could impact our mental health particularly within BIPOC communities. As an African-American woman, I am extremely concerned about communities of color and their mental health. Now really, as far as mental health is concerned, it does not matter who you are or where you come from because we can all be impacted. And it's very important that we understand that. We may not all have mental illness, but we all have mental health, beautiful people, and we need to make sure that we're taking care of it. Now, the purpose of this podcast is to bring awareness to the many different ways in which our mental health can be affected, showing that poor mental health outcomes are not always caused by chemical imbalance, but can also be caused from various stressors, trauma, or circumstances that we all face from time to time in our lives. Through education and advocacy by individuals like myself who have lived experience with mental health conditions, the hope is that we'll be able to show up in more effective ways to support those around us that may be suffering. The stigma of mental illness and conversations about our mental health 
can be more difficult, marginalized and intersectional groups. And it affects and it interferes with our ability to take care of our mental health as we should. Now, beautiful people, I am a huge proponent of self-care because I believe that it is an important tool and I encourage us all to use it in our daily lives or at least to perhaps make a little time on the weekends, right? There are so many different, so many different ways that we can practice self-care, especially when we view it holistically. We should all consider that the benefits of self-care, all right, they extend beyond ourselves and they have a positive impact on all those whom we encounter. Now, there are some that may believe that self-care is indulgent, all right? Some of our kings out there may believe that it's only meant for our queens. And honestly, Village, I can understand that. I, I really do, I get it, but it's not true. Self-care is for everyone, man, woman, and child. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, it's for us all. And we need to realize that it's about self-preservation, all right? If we're to show up for the people in our lives that we care for and care about, then self-care is one of the best ways that we can do that. Of care, it helps us to rejuvenate our spirits and souls so that we can continue to be the fantabulous kings and queens that we most definitely are. And I'll be right here in the village each and every week holding it down so that I can remind us of this fact, okay? Now, if you've heard this show before, you know that there's also plenty of music too. So tonight, Village, I thought that we could listen to music from some of our favorite artists who are celebrating birthdays this month. Can you believe that it's December already? Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think that this will be a nice mix because as you all know, I love all kinds of music, all right? So I hope that you'll sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, without further ado, I believe that it's time for me to take my first walk of the evening, my musical jukebox. Beautiful people to start us off this evening, this amazingly talented Puerto Rican singer, songwriter, and actor is the first of the December birthday crew to kick off this evening, right? And this song is from his fifth studio album, an English language debut, which was released in 1999. Now, the song is about an irresistible, particularly sinister, wild woman who lives on the edge, seducing others into her crazy world. All right, she sounds fun. <laughs> now, it received critical acclaim for its lyrics and danceable rhythm, and it was listed among the best Latin songs of all time by Billboard. It reached number one in more than 20 uh, excuse me, 20 countries, and it's considered to be his biggest hit, as well as one of the best-selling singles of all time. So let's see if this will make you get up and boogie. Here's Enrique Martin Morales, better known as Ricky Martin, who, by the way, will be celebrating his birthday December 24th 
with his smash hit, Living La Vida Loca.
every day is so wonderful and suddenly it's hard to breathe now and then i get insecure from all the pain i'm so is a song recorded by American singer Christina Aguilera from her fourth studio album, Stripped, which was released in 2002. Now, Beautiful was written and produced by Linda Perry. Lyrically, it discusses inner beauty as well as self-esteem and insecurity. And Aguilera 
commented that she put her heart and her soul into this track, which she feels represents the theme of her album strip. It won the Grammy Award for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance, and it was also nominated for Song of the Year in 2004. Now the song peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100 here in the US, where it was certified double platinum. And Christina will be celebrating her birthday on December 18th. Well, Village, you know me. I like to take a little bit of time to talk about some things, whether it be about current events, entertainment, or something that is just on my mind. So why don't we get into my segment called Let's Talk About It. So Village, this is a story that I heard about just recently. And I thought that I would share it with you because in my opinion, I believe that it is a story of redemption. It's a testimony and a testament that we do not have to be judged by our worst mistakes, that even on our worst day, we have the ability to turn things around so that we can live the lives that we were created to live. You feel me? Now, just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you the abridged version, but you know that I always encourage you to do your own research. Now, on December 12, 1995, Bobby Bostick, who at that time was age 16, along with 18-year-old Donald Hudson, robbed a group of people in Missouri at gunpoint, and shortly thereafter, robbed and briefly detained a woman in her car. The pair were caught later that day. Now Hudson was offered a plea deal and he accepted 30 years in prison. But on the advice of family, Bobby Bostick declined the same offer and elected to go to trial, thinking that he would fare better. He was given a sentence, y'all, <laughs> of 241 years by a judge named Evelyn Baker. And it made him eligible for parole when he was 112. He was serving the longest sentence in Missouri given to a juvenile for non-homicide offenses, meaning that the offenses he committed, nobody was killed, right? Now, I want you to consider that sentence, Village, because 241 years, huh? I mean, that's multiple lifetimes. I mean, we can see on a daily basis that people can be any age and there's no guarantee that any person is going to live to the age of 100, much less 112. And from what we're seeing these days, I mean, I don't even want to finish that thought, but listen, we all know that tomorrow is not promised. So you can see that this judge, all right, she literally threw the entire book at him. I'm talking about the table of contents, the, all the chapters, the acknowledgements after the chapter, she threw the entire book at Bobby Bostick, all right? So she was mad. 
Now, because of the severity of his sentence, his case it obviously is going to attract considerable attention due to the changing laws regarding life sentences for minors. After she retired in 2008, you know, she had like a 25-year career as a judge, Judge Baker later stated that this was the only case in her entire career where she regretted the sentence that she gave Bobby Bostic. She recognized, ladies and gentlemen, that what she thought was a lack of remorse that he obviously displayed in the courtroom was really just a kid with teenage bravado acting like he was all tough. Now think about it, beautiful people. Don't you know somebody like that? Huh? Maybe you could have been somebody like that. Not that you were like in court ready to be sentenced, you know, 241 years. But I'm just saying, haven't you ever found yourself in a situation where you just, I'm about it, about it and whatever, and I don't care and all that kind of stuff. So that's what she saw, right? And as a result of it, it influenced the way she sentenced him. But she regretted it, all right? She believed, after all, that a 30-year sentence would have been appropriate. So let's fast forward to May of 2021, where an amendment inspired by Bostick's case was added to Senate Bill 26 in Missouri by Representative Mark Sharp, giving anyone who committed a crime other than murder as a minor the possibility of parole after 15 years, right? A little easier to swallow, don't you think? Okay, now the bill passed. It was signed into law in July of 2021. Bostic was subsequently granted a parole hearing in November of 2021. Now, none of his victims, surprisingly, opposed him being given parole or clemency. In fact, some wrote letters of support for his release. Amen, somebody, amen. Now, his parole was approved in December 2021, and it was for release the following year. Now, prison rules allowed only one person to accompany him to his parole hearing. And guess who he chose? You're right, Judge Evelyn Baker. She accepted the invitation and advocated for his release at the hearing. Bostic was among the first people to be granted parole under the new law. He was released on November 9th, 2022 in time for the holidays with his family and he was greeted by Baker and dozens of his family members and supporters. Now Village, what I found incredible about this situation is that despite his sentence, a sentence that most of us probably would have said, you know what, well it's a wrap, okay? Why live? Why do anything? Why go on anymore? Okay? There's no chance of me ever seeing the light of day basically again, right? He made different choices while he was incarcerated. He completed his GED, he got an associate degree, and he took over 30 rehabilitation classes and programs. He has completed courses from Adams State University and Missouri State University. Ladies and gentlemen, Bostic is a published author, having written poetry and other nonfiction books. And he founded a book club in prison. And he wrote to the St. Louis County Library who were inspired, okay, by him. The librarians there created projects to improve 
literacy programs in prison. So because of this, it was these very actions, beautiful people, that inspired Judge Baker to advocate for Bobby Bostick because she realized that we are not supposed to just throw people away because of the mistakes that they make in their life. All people need is a second chance. Hmm? Come on, somebody. All people need is for somebody to believe in them, right? And to be honest, to be honest, I think that Bobby Bostick did that for himself when he decided to turn his life around. Kudos to you, King. Kudos to Bobby Bostick. God bless you. This next song, Beautiful People, is the second single by this American singer. It's a part of her debut EP, Don't Smile At Me. Now, written and produced by her older brother, he actually wrote it for his band, but later determined that her voice was better suited for it. It was praised for its composition and lyrical content, and it received a triple platinum certification by the Recording Industry Association of America. Here's my girl, Billie Eilish, who celebrates a birthday on December 18th with Ocean Eyes. I've been watching you for some time Can't stop staring at those ocean eyes Burning cities and napalm skies Fifteen flares inside those ocean eyes Your ocean
from her 10th studio album, Midnight, was released in October of this year. The title of this song refers to being in love. It's an R&B and hip hop influenced electro pop song about the online and tabloid scrutiny faced by the singer and her boyfriend. It peaked at number two on the US Billboard Hot 100, blocked from the top spot by her own album's lead single, Anti-Hero. Did you hear what I said? She blocked herself, Village. And it peaked inside the top 10 in 15 other countries. Now, Village, I'm not sure if you have heard Taylor Swift's latest album, but it's doing extremely well on the music charts. Now, she too is celebrating a birthday on December 13th. And here is one of her hits from that album. And I have to say that I've come to enjoy it myself. It's called Lavender Haze. Now, I'd love to see what y'all think about it, okay? And when we come back, I'll get into today's topic.
Okay, beautiful people. So tonight, I would like to talk to you about the self-determination theory and motivation. So let me ask you this question. Um, hmm, has there ever been a time in your life when you were doing something that someone else believed you shouldn't be doing? Or that there was something they believed you should be doing? And, you know, every time you ran into them, they were always talking to you about it. For instance, say you were a smoker or perhaps they believed that you needed to eat healthier, right? Now, I've come to realize that you can talk to someone until you are blue in the face about what they think you should do and why they think you should do it. But I'm a firm believer that until that person, that individual makes a decision to make those changes themselves, anything that is done in an effort to satisfy the person suggesting those changes will not be sustainable, you dig? Because ultimately, you would be taking these actions for them and not yourself. And until one decides that they need to make these changes for their own sake, no change is going to occur. Self-determination refers to a person's ability to make choices and manage their own life, right? Making choices and managing their own life. That's what self-determination is. Being self-determined means that you feel in greater control as opposed to being non-self-determined, which can leave you feeling that others control your life. And a lot of times in the mental health community, that's exactly what's happening. People, happening. Um, people are making choices for you. And instead of understanding that, you know, as the individual living with those conditions, you need to make the choices as to how you should move and what your recovery journey looks like. One else should determine that for you, but a lot of times that's what's happening, right? And I probably um, can go as far as to say, and that's a lot of times why people kind of stay sort of stuck because others are deciding instead of giving that person the opportunity to be in the driver's seat for their own recovery journey. You, you know what I'm saying? So being self-determined, you feel like you're in greater control. You feel like you're doing what you need to do for yourself, right? And so this theory proposes that all humans have three basic psychological needs or requirements, if you will, which supports intrinsic motivation growth and health. So these needs are as follows. Autonomy, you know, needing to be self-regulating, uh, to own one's actions, and to identify oneself with one's behavior. Competence, needing to be effective, to move towards greater mastery and skill. And then there's relatedness needing to feel psychological connection with people who are important to you. You know, you're looking to support them and then you're looking to be supported by them, right? Now, there are two key assumptions about the self-determination theory. The first being the need for growth drives behavior. The need for growth drives behavior. So basically people are directed toward growth. All right. And it is believed that gaining mastery over challenges and taking in new experiences are essential for developing a cohesive sense of self. Now, I know in order to broaden my horizons as an advocate and really for my own personal knowledge, 
I take advantage of all the mental health organizations training sessions that become available and feel very good about increasing my knowledge about different topics surrounding our mental health. I personally love the idea of learning new things and then being able to turn around and share the information here with you on this podcast, uh, as well as the information I obtain, I can share it with my community so that I can bring awareness, all right, and help us all to have a better understanding regarding the importance of taking care of our own mental health and how we can be helpful to others, you know, supporting them as they're taking care of their mental health. So as I continue to learn and evolve, I have to say that I feel much better because I feel like I am a contributing member of society. And in truth, isn't that what we all really want at the end of the day, right? Now, the second assumption is that autonomous motivation is important. So while people are often motivated to act by external rewards, such as, you know, money, prizes, fame, okay, notoriety, all right? Self-determination theory focuses primarily on internal sources of motivation, all right? Such as the need to gain knowledge or independence, all right? Now, components of self-determination, you know, people, they need to feel three things in order to achieve that psychological growth. And again, we'll go over it. Autonomy, people need to feel in control of their own behaviors and goals. This sense of being able to take direction, I'm sorry, excuse me, action that will result in real change plays a major part in helping people feel self-determined. So, you know, I, I think about this one and you hear a lot of times in the mental health community, you have to meet people where they're at, all right? And a lot of other people are starting to adapt that same um, thought process. Meeting people where they're at, first of all, is you showing effective support and it's enabling that person to be the one to determine the road that they want to take you know on their path to recovery not what you think they should be doing but what they feel they need to do in order to be better in order to be able to you know join you know the family friends society to feel like a contributing member of society right Competence. People need to gain mastery of tasks and learn different skills. When people feel that they have skills needed for success, they're more likely to take action that will help them to achieve their goals, right? And then there's connection or relatedness. People need to experience a sense of belonging and attachment to other people. You know, during the pandemic, that was a huge problem, right? We had to sort of like disconnect from one another and we were taking, you know, safety measures, preventative measures, you know, to keep ourselves um, from getting sick and whatnot. But it was very hard for a lot of people because we're social. That's how we are as human beings. We thrive on that connection, okay? So it's really important, our attachment to other people, especially those that we care about, for those to exist, for those to be strong, all right? Now, how does self-determination theory work? Well, it's important to realize that the psychological growth described by self-determination theory, it doesn't happen automatically. It's not something that, you know, happens overnight. It's something that you have to work at, 
okay? Um, even though we're oriented toward growth, it requires consistency, right? It requires discipline, and it really requires the desire to want to grow, to want to evolve. Now, it's suggested that the tendency to be either proactive or passive is largely influenced by the social conditions in which we are raised. Now, social support is, is very key, as I've mentioned a few moments ago. Through our relationships and interactions with others, we can either foster or ruin our mental health and well-being and our personal growth. It's that important, right? Now, external motivators or extrinsic motivators, such as, again, money, prizes, and fame, it's said that that can lower self-determination. And that's according to psychologist Edward Beachy. Um, because what he's saying is when you're giving people external awards for internal motivated, you know, behavior, it can undermine autonomy. All right. Because as the behavior becomes increasingly controlled by those external rewards, then people will begin to feel less in control of their behavior and their internal motivation. It will kind of diminish. All right. So like, for instance, if you decide that you want to go on a diet or you want to lose weight or you want to exercise, right? <clears throat> if you're doing it because you feel like you want to have a healthier life, that you want to feel better, um, maybe you're experiencing certain things as, as a result of, of weight gain or what have you, then if you are making the decision to do that for yourself, great. Go ahead. Go for it. Listen, y'all, I'm still working on this COVID weight, all right? It's easy to put it on, but it's not easy to take it off. However, I'm working on it five days a week, honey. And the attitude that I have toward it now, as opposed to when I first began, is completely different. Why? Because of the people that I'm exercising with and the attitude that they have, the, the encouragement they, they, they help me to see it in a different way. It's not some, you know, menial task that I need to dread, you know, each and every day. But I need to be grateful that I can even move my body in the way that I do. Because unfortunately, some of our brothers and sisters out there are not able to. So when I realize that I should be thankful for the fact that I can do it, it inspires me. And I attack the workouts rather than run from them. It's a, it's a horse of a different color when you're hanging with people who are about something, who are about uplifting and encouraging you instead of complaining and letting you stay complacent and stuck, right? So positive feedback, it can boost that self-determination. And he also suggests, Ichi that is, that unexpected positive encouragement and feedback on a person's task performance, it can increase their desire to want to do better for themselves, right? It helps people to feel more competent, which is a key growth for personal growth. So I wanna give you guys an example of self-determination, okay? Cause sometimes I need these stuff. I need a visual so I can better understand what it is that we're talking about, right? So imagine a person who fails to complete an important project at work, right? Now, if this person is high in self-determination, guess what they'll do? Well, they'll admit their fault. And they'll believe that they can do something to fix the problem, and they'll take action to correct the mistake. Oh my goodness, 
wow, I wrote this paper and I forgot to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Woo, you know what I need to do? I need to make sure that before I submit this report, I do some serious proofreading and make sure I dot all those I's and cross all those T's because honey, we ain't about to make this mistake again. All right, that's a person who's self-determined. Let me show you the converse side of things, okay? That same person, if they are low in self-determination, they're gonna be like, uh, I wrote the paper, all right? And I gave it to Jane. She was supposed to look it over. So obviously she didn't do a good job with that. So, I mean, I don't know what you want me to do about it. And I mean, what am I supposed to do? Like, if I can't trust her to look over my work and make sure that all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed, then, then how do you expect me to fix it? I mean, there's really nothing I can do. You need to talk to Jane. <laughs> now, come on, y'all. You know somebody like that? <laughs> do you know somebody like that? And better yet, are you that somebody? Hmm? Come on, somebody. Be honest. People have respect. They have more respect for the person who's willing to take blame, to take responsibility, accountability, than the person who, you know, wants to shift the blame on somebody else. We are human beings. We make mistakes. It happens. Own it. Okay? And so that person who's, you know, uh, shifting the blame, they don't see any way to fix it. And guess what? They won't. That's the example of how self-determination can impact a person in, you know, their, um, the task that they're performing, all right? So um, that person who's low, they're not going to feel motivated to fix the mistake, but the other person, not only are they going to fix it, but they're going to own it and they're going to make sure that they don't do it again, all right? So I think that this seems like as good a time as any take a little break right and I love this song all right I always feel like I'm in an empire state of mind hint hint whenever I hear hip-hop mogul Jay-Z yes who actually just recently celebrated his birthday on December 4th with one of my favorite singers Alicia Keys performed this blockbuster hit it always makes me feel proud to be a New Yorker so when we come back after the song, I'll continue to talk about the impact of self-determination. Right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's, took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there, bed stop, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I bought my boys with me, say what up to Tata, still sipping my top, sitting courtside, Knicks and Nets give me high five, I be spiked out, I could trip a referee, tell by my attitude that I most definitely from
at a Yankee game That made the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankee king You should know I bleed blue, but I ain't a crypto But I got a gang of walking with my click though Welcome to the melting pot, corners where we selling Africa been by the home of the hip hop Yellow cap, gypsy cap, dollar cap, holla back For foreigners it ain't fair, they act like they forgot how to act Eight million stories, out there in the naked City is a pity, half of y'all won't make it Me, I got a plug, special where I got it made If Jesus paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Wade Three dice, Elo, three card Marley Labor Day Parade, rest in peace, Bob Marley Statue of Liberty, long live the world trade Long live the king, yo, I'm from the Empire State That's So they could step out of bounds quick The sidelines is lined with casualties Who sip the life casually Then gradually become worse Don't fight the apple Eve Caught up in the in crowd Now you're in style And in the winter gets cold In vogue with your skin out City of sin It's a pity on a whim Good girls going bad The city's filled with them Mommy took a bus trip Now she got a bust out Everybody ride her Just like a bus route Hail Mary to the city You're a virgin And Jesus can't save you Life starts when the church in. came here for school, graduated to the high life. Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight. Got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient. So let's continue on. Now, the impact of self-determination. First of all, the concept of self-determination, it can be applied to a variety of areas in our lives, including education, work, parenting, exercise, and health. Because research suggests that having high self-determination can foster success in many uh, different domains of our lives, as I just mentioned, right? 
So here's an example of how it can work in the workplace. People with self-determination feel more satisfied at work while also playing a key role in that organization's success. So how can employers build self-determination in their workers? Now, if there are any employers out there listening, here's a couple of tips for you that can help you with your team. First, allow your team members to take an active role. Now, you know those micromanagers out there who think that nothing can be done unless they do it? Y'all need to go have several seats <laughs> and let your team do some of the work. Let them take some responsibility. Let them take some ownership of what's going on. Besides, don't you realize that by you going and sitting down somewhere and allowing your team that you've trained and worked with or what have you to run some things, don't you think that makes you look stronger as a leader? Hmm? You ever think about that? Yes, we can all do it ourselves, but what's the point of having a team if we're going to do it all ourselves, right? Listen, I have a background in hospitality. I've worked at several hotels in several different uh, positions. And my very first hotel, which is always going to have a special, special place in my heart, one of the things that they let us do was to take initiative, take ownership. We were fortunate enough to have a general manager who was a regional trainer, okay? And she went about to other properties training about hospitality and different concepts and what have you, but she was our general manager. So we had access, we had, we had home court advantage, if you will, okay? And the lessons that she taught us, I'm trying to tell you, I like practice those things to this very second. It wasn't just about work, it was actually life lessons that I learned from the things that she you know, taught us. But in taking initiative, it made me personally feel stronger as what they called back then guest service representatives, somebody who worked at the front desk, right? I worked overnight shifts as an auditor. And when you work overnight, you're by yourself. So you are running things, honey, you heard me? You're running it. So anything that happens overnight, you have to make the decisions. You have to find the solutions. You have to might you might have to call law enforcement if somebody gets rowdy and needs to be, you know, taken out of the hotel. Um, you are setting the hotel up for business, you know, the next day. So you're balancing the books and you're setting up housekeeping schedules. And if you have restaurants that, you know, require some assistance and you want to help out, you know, the restaurant staff because you're all about building relationships, then you're over there setting breakfast up. All these things are happening. So if I work a seven to three shift, uh, excuse me, a seven to three shift or three to 11, I'm on fleek because I work overnight. And if I can do it by myself, I can definitely do it with a team, right? So it got to a point where all of us were required to work that overnight shift and learn how to do that. Our, our managers never really felt the need. And when it came to like, let's say the weekends um, to really be around us much. They let us run the show. And guess what? We really um, took a lot of pride in that. And we shined as a result of it. I'm trying to tell y'all, employers out there, hope you're listening. We can offer employees greater responsibilities. Stop pigeonholing somebody and thinking that they're only good at this one thing. They probably have so much talent. If you take the time to, you know, observe them, you'll see that they can probably do more than one thing. So encourage that, right? offer support and encouragement. If you are working with somebody who is, um, you know, ambitious and wants to move up, 
then yo, help them, talk to them, tell them what they need to do in order to move up. Not everybody wants to stay in the same position for the rest of their lives. They want to experience different things, all right? And provide employees with meaningful feedback, not criticism and judgment, meaningful feedback. Now, usually in the jobs that I've worked, that would take place during a review, you know, an annual review or a review that you might give every six months to give that person an opportunity to um, hear from you what their performance is like, right? Perhaps you might let them know what you see in them and maybe you wanna see them further develop. But I also believe, beautiful people, that those reviews should be a two-way street. Because then I wanna be able to talk to you and tell you what I see and what I'm interested in and what I feel maybe can be improved upon and how I can help you improve it, you see? So that's how it works in the workplace. In competition, sports, athletics, it fosters a sense of self-determination and it motivates people, you know, to excel. So some suggest that it works at least in part by increasing a person's level of mental toughness. Athletes who feel that they are capable of achieving their goals and overcoming challenges are often driven to perform better. Excelling allows them to gain a sense of competence and build mastery in skills that are enjoyable and important to them. Now, research has also found that people with an internal sense of control are more likely to stick to a healthy diet and regular exercise regimen, right? In social settings, in order to forge close, affectionate relationships with others, which can potentially improve self-determination, you need to seek positive relationships, beautiful people, with other kings and queens who will support you in the pursuit of your goals. Who wants to be around somebody that's like, what, you wanna do what? I don't know, I can't even see that. I'm not even sure. That sounds like hate to me. Doesn't it sound that way to you? That person may not want you to succeed because what are they doing? Sometimes you gotta look at the source, beautiful people, all right? Offer support and feedback to people who are a part of your social circle, right? I think I heard a long time ago that if you're in a circle of people, right, where you feel comfortable, it's time for you to find another circle because that means it's time for you to grow. You need to evolve, right? If you're comfortable, then there might be some things that you're missing out on, all right, learning about. Now, in school settings, self-determined students, rather, are more likely to feel motivated to achieve, okay? And they also tend to feel greater levels of confidence and satisfaction. So to you educators out there, you can help students to foster a sense of self-determination and motivation by providing unexpected feedback when students perform well to improve their feelings of confidence. Now, Offering excessive external rewards, you know, for actions that a student already enjoys is not necessarily going to help to improve their internal motiva- uh, motivation. Let me give you an example. You guys remember the gold star? Remember the gold star? Was that back in kindergarten, first grade, something like that? You did something good and the teacher would put a gold star on the board? Aye, right. We all strove. We all strive for that gold star. But guess what? If little Johnny loves to read, 
or if he loves to clean up the reading circle after it's all done or you know back in the day remember how they used to go outside and like you know um beat the um erasers together to get all the talk and everything out <laughs> if little johnny loves to do all those things already if he loves to do them already you don't need to give him a gold star okay because he already loves doing them and he's good at it but guess what will keep him doing it feedback little johnny oh mm, the way you put that circle together you did better than i could have done thank you so much and guess what little johnny is gonna feel real happy he's gonna feel real good and he's gonna continue keeping that circle tight you understand don't give the gold star because now he's going to equate getting that reading circle tight reading and clanking them erasers or whatever other little tasks they can do with I'm gonna do it so I can get the gold star and he'll forget all about his love of just doing it all right so self-determination it can play an important role in how people function in many different areas of their lives feeling in control all right and intrinsically motivated can help people feel more committed passionate, interested, and satisfied with the things that they do. So traits of self-determined people, all right? These people are the ones that believe that they have control over their own lives. They believe that when confronted with challenges, they feel that they can overcome them through diligence, good choices, and hard work. They have high self-motivation. They have an internal desire to set goals and work toward them. They base their actions on their own goals and behaviors. So that means that they engage in actions and they know that these actions will bring them closer to their goals. Like exercising five days a week. Hey, see what I did there? Now, they also take responsibility for their behaviors. They take credit for their success, but guess what? They also accept the blame for their failures. I love me somebody that can say, I, I, my bad, I made a mistake. Oh, I love that. That's, that's actually a trap. Right now, they know that they're responsible for their actions and they don't shift blame elsewhere. And they also gain mastery, become skilled in areas that are important to you. You know, they, they, they build their sense of self-determination and if you have a strong interest in a hobby, a sport, academic subject, or any other area, learning as much as you can about it and improving your skills can help you feel more competent. So it's important, again, to find that social support. We have to build in this village strong relationships that foster motivation and mental health and well-being. You got to seek people who make you feel welcome and cared for. And this could be a family member or a friend, all right? It could be a member of your church, a counselor, a mentor, someone in the community, in the village, anyone who provides a sense of support and belonging. Being self-determined, feeling like you have the autonomy and freedom to make choices that shape your destiny is important for everybody's mental health and well-being. I can't stress that enough. At the end of the day, I think that all of us just want to find those things or those people who help us to improve quality of life, right? Here's to brighter days.
was Jordan Sparks with One Step at a Time. It was the third and final single from her self-titled debut album. She actually performed it on the season finale of the seventh season of American Idol. Y'all remember that? When her song reached number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100, she became the only American Idol contestant to have their first four singles all crack the top 20 of the Billboard Hot 100. You go, Queen. And by the way, you'll be celebrating her birthday on December 22nd. Okay, kings and queens, it's time for this week's inspirational story, the first of the season, right? 
and it's called Live and Work. Live and Work. Here's the story. There was a father who was a hardworking man who delivered bread as a living to support his wife and three children. He spent all his evenings after work attending classes, hoping to improve himself so that he could one day find a better paying job. Now, except for Sundays, he hardly ate a meal together with his family, and he worked and studied very hard because he wanted to provide his family with the best things that money could buy. Whenever the family complained that he was not spending enough time with them, he reasoned that he was doing it all for them. But in truth, he often yearned to spend more time with his family. Now, once he passed his first exam, he was offered a good job as a senior supervisor, and he was paid handsomely, okay? The bag was good, y'all. It was tight. Now, this was a dream, for finally, he was able to provide his family with life's luxuries. However, he was still not spending the time that his family was requesting of him, and he continued to work very hard, and again, he was promoted. At this point, he was able to hire a maid Mm -hmm. so that his wife no longer had to worry about the daily tasks she performed in the household. His work, it continued to pay off, but he still was not spending time with his family. With his next promotion, he was able to purchase a lovely condo, all right? After that, he decided that he was finished pursuing those, you know, extracurricular activities, the studies, you know, and improving upon his career. And that from then on, he was going to devote his time to his family. The next day, he did not wake up. You heard me? He did not wake up. What is the moral of the story, beautiful people? I mean, self-determination is a great thing. And it's wonderful when you want to improve yourself. It's great when you go after your dreams and enjoy the fruits of your labor. But we must remember the importance of having balance in our lives. I believe it was our sister, India Ari, who reminded us that we need to come back to the middle, okay? When you live your life to the extremes, it's not good. Balance in our lives is what's important. So we have to remember to make time, time for the ones that we love right? Because tomorrow is not promised. So we need to make the most of that time that we have because we never know when it will run out. You dig? Adrenaline running through my veins and my skeleton when you say my name and the high, no, it never goes away. Like jumping out of airplanes and swimming with the sharks, that existential feeling when you're staring at the stars. There's a hurricane in my head, but the lightning in my heart makes it worth it. Yeah, I still get nervous. Cause I still get nervous when you live 
Every time, every time we touch, it's like paradise Fell down from above and the high Even too much ain't enough, no, no Like flying in the fast lane, no headlights in the dark That existential feeling when you wonder what you are Got a wild wind in my head, but the butterflies in my heart Make it worth it, yeah I still get nervous when you walk through the door and you look in my eyes Yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels like the very first time I could fall for you forever, I'm certain Cause I still get nervous When your lips hit my lips and the fireworks fly Sending sparks through the air like the 4th of July I could fall for you forever, I'm certain Cause I still get nervous Circuits No, I don't deserve this That's why I still get nervous When you walk through the door And you look in my eyes Yeah, it feels, yeah, it feels Like the very first time I could fall for you forever I'm certain Cause I still get nervous When your lips hit my lips And the fireworks fly I still get nervous
That was Nervous by John Legend, and it's from his new album, Legend. The song was produced by John Ryan, and the lyrics were penned by Michael Pollack, John Ryan, and one of my favorite singers, John Legend. Now, I just love his voice, and he also celebrates his birthday on December 28th. And it was followed by one of my favorite songs of all time, which moves me village every single time I hear it. Oh my God, I have tissues and everything. The Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. And although this song, it has been recorded by different artists, her version will always be my favorite hands down. It's on lock, I'll never change. <laughs> and it goes just perfectly with the movie Beaches. After all, it is on the soundtrack. Her version was released in 1989, and it won Grammy Awards for both Record of the Year and the Song of the Year in February of 1990. And Miss Midler celebrated her birthday on December 1st. Well, kings and queens, it looks like we've come to the end of another show. I do hope that the information provided will be of help to you. Remember, it's always a good idea to do your own research, no matter what the topic is, especially if your life is involved. To all the artists that were featured on tonight's show, 
I wish you a very happy birthday. Enjoy your trip around the sun. And to all of you out there listening who is celebrating a birthday this month, happy birthday to you as well. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. And I'm looking forward to being with you all again next week here in the village each and every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be right here. Please be sure to follow Village Mentality on Instagram at villagementality.ckm as in Mary and on Facebook at Village Mentality, the podcast. You can also catch all episodes of Village Mentality on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Radio Public, and there is a link to each episode available Again, on Instagram at villagementality.ckm, go to my um, profile, my bio, you'll find it in there. And on Facebook at Village Mentality, the podcast. You can also catch it at the Awaken Lounge, and that's theawakenlounge.com backslash village hyphen mentality. And just remember that God has got me and he's got you too. Be blessed, beautiful people, and here's to brighter days. Energy so stale in the air. Everybody's running scared We used to be so carefree We used to be so happy We used to have everything we need yeah.